No, you're on. <laughs> Can you give me some water? Yeah, water. Sure. <clears throat> We're, are we okay? Yep, you're good. Well, I know I'm good, but are we okay? You know, I feel tall with it down here, but I can't see it. <laughs> so. I love guy movies. I do. I love all guy movies. Ladies, close your ears. I like it when there's hair on the walls. You know what I mean? When the guy, there's people shooting. It's all Hollywood. Nobody gets hurt, really. But I like that. That's, that's kind of our thing that guys do. You know, here's, here's a, a, a guy, you can get stabbed in the leg with a knife that big, and you just pull it out and go on and, and fight some more, or, or you get shot 18 times and they keep fighting, and a guy gets shot with an arrow, he breaks it off, has, has him take a, a, a rock and pound the arrow all the way through, and he pulls it out his back. And keeps on fighting. Real men. Well, Hollywood men. But the, 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 the thought is that men are strong. And that's what I want us to, to, to do today. I, I, want, I want guys to you reclaim that strength. Ladies celebrate young girls. Ladies, celebrate your husband's strength. Young ladies, celebrate the strength of your father. Young men, practice becoming strong young men. You understand what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying? I'm still saying it. Whack him in the head. I want to see him with his eyeballs. There you go. All right. This is a tough crowd today. Hollywood can can have us guys buy into the idea that that real men never get hurt. And if they do, they won't admit it. I was painting our house back when we, we were living on 29th Street. I was painting the house, and and really my wife is the painter, not me, but it's, you know, there's, there's inside stuff and outside stuff. I got the outside stuff. I fell off that ladder three different times. Three different times. Nobody came to check on me. But the last time, it, it, it was, it, I, I, you know, men, any, show of hands, anybody ever do anything that's really boneheaded? Men. Men, yeah. Okay, come on. Joseph, I know you've done boneheaded things. I was with you when you did it. But, but, but uh, we, do, we do stupid things sometimes. I, I had a place on the house that I couldn't reach, and the ladder was extended as far as it could. And I had a motorcycle trailer by the house, and I put the ladder in the motorcycle trailer. Necessity is the mother of invention. And so I'm climbing up and I'm painting and, you know, I, I don't know what happened, but I fell off the ladder again. This time I didn't hit the ground, I hit the trailer. The neighbor saw it. 
And I'm laying there moaning, groaning, and Sarita came out and, you know, are you okay? Yeah, I jumped up. I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. I, I got it. I wasn't bleeding, nothing broken. And I wouldn't admit that I was hurt. Because that's what men do. We don't admit when we're hurt. And I was hurt a lot. <laughs> we have some wounded men today who don't want to acknowledge another kind of hurt. Hurt I'm talking about is the hurt of a wounded heart. They find it difficult to discover spiritual healing. And in Psalm 127, 4-5 says, Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hand. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. He will not be put to shame when he confronts his accusers at the city gates. So a warrior is, is building into his son. Malachi 4, 5 through 6 says, Look, I'm sending you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord arrives. His preaching will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. Otherwise, I will come and strike the land with a curse. Yeah, with a curse. And we have this, this idea that somehow dads, not somehow, but some way, dads will wound the hearts of their children, particularly the hearts of their sons. Now, some of you had a great relationship with your father. Um, you have great relationships with your children. Sadly, there are men who never experienced that sort of thing. Now, I'm going to get a little close to the bone this morning, friends, and so it might be a bit painful. But I think that God's Word wants us to examine this to understand maybe we act the way that we act because we have a wounded heart and we've never addressed it. We've never sought spiritual healing. So it could be a bit painful. We're going to talk about the relationship of a man to his father. Now, I've been very open about my relationship uh, with my parents as a kid. If you don't know, uh, I was raised by an alcoholic family. I had a very abusive father. Uh, I could never please him because he could never please his father who could never please his father. All they knew how to do was work. That's what they did. They produced. I was never affirmed by my father. In fact, I was pretty much a disappointment to him. And here's the problem. A man who's been wounded by his father can become trapped for the rest of his life because of two things. Performance and approval. We've got to perform, and we perform for love because we seek his approval. If I'm good enough, then my father's going to love me. If I meet his standards, then my father's going to love me. And it's common for a son to feel wounded by his father. It doesn't mean that the father's always going to do that. It doesn't even mean that it's always the father's fault. Sometimes the father can be very offensive and very abrasive and very hurtful. 
And sometimes the son can just misinterpret what's being said and done. It's very common, though, for a son to feel wounded by dear old dad. In fact, you search through Scripture, you can see all kinds of examples of tragic father-son relationships. Uh, They've gone bad. David and his son Absalom. You know, here's a, here's a, a son plotting to kill his father to overtake his kingdom. Yeah, something something was, was woefully wrong in the way that boy was raised by his dad. Isaac and Jacob and Esau and the battle between the two brothers for the father's blessing and the tension of jealousy and hatred. Something was woefully wrong between those boys and, his, and their dad. You look at Joseph and his brothers and you see the story of favoritism, can't you? And you see uh, how, how he, he felt let down and you see envy and you see attempted murder and brothers not liking each other because they were positioning themselves for their father's approval. Even in the parables, the prodigal son Jesus spoke of and taught in Luke 15. Wounded sons, regardless of the circumstances, are still wounded, and they can pass that wound on to their children, particularly to their sons. You can wound a little girl's heart, too. That's tragic. I can't imagine. I get incensed when my granddaughters have their hearts broken because of some dumb old boy. You know, and, and uh, so I want to coach their fathers. Go look him up. Wait till night and then thrash the tar out of him. Look what he's done to the heart of your daughter. It happens. That's part of life. But we can see that a father who doesn't protect his daughter will wound that little girl's heart. But the big tragedy is a father who wounds the heart of his son. Because this is a young man that someday is going to be a leader in his own home. And if he carries that, that kind of attitude and that kind of uh, uh, practice that he has been raised under into his own home, he's going to wound his kids. You know, you want your dad's approval and you want his affirmation. You, you want him to validate you, and he never did. And the wounded man needs to know from his father he's special and he's valuable. He needs to know it right now. Thank you, Keith. The wounded man needs to know from his father that he's special. And it's based on not what he does. My worth isn't based on that. If I accomplish enough, then my father's going to prove it's done by who I am. This can cause that warped mindset that often bleeds over into his image of the heavenly father. If you can't trust your dad here on earth... How in the world are you going to trust God who you can't see? God who you can't 
hear audibly. Because you've had your faith seared by this earthly father who's wounded you. And I tried to achieve more hoping to gain some approval from my earthly father. And you say, no matter what I do, I never quite feel good enough. And sometimes the words of your father, the words of a man's father, I don't want to make this too personal. (laughs) The words of a man's father can be heard through the voice of his wife. Disapproval. Shame. Embarrassment. Disgust. And that's the same thing that these men have heard from their father. Maybe even their mother too. And the whole time, all this guy wants is somebody to say, I love you for who you are, not what you do. A man who is wounded heals and learns to accept unconditional, jo- unconditional love. He will be cursed to a life of trying to perform for someone else's approval if he never comes to that place. And here's... here's and, and, and that's where so many men are. And, and healing the wounded heart uh, is a two-part process. Forgiveness and acceptance. That's how you do it. Uh, one, the first uh, a point, the first, I'm finally going to get to the point. A first point is real men will forgive their father through Jesus Christ. I never had a chance to forgive. I never took the chance I never took the time to tell my father, I forgive you. He, and and I, was a, I was a believer. And I was in Bible college when he died. And I never was able for him to respond to me. Dad, I forgive you. And I never did it because I thought... Well, his, his comeback would be, you arrogant little so-and-so, you forgive me? Why shouldn't you be asking me to forgive you? So that was fearful, and I never did. But real men are going to forgive their father through Christ. Colossians 3.13, the New American Standard Bible says, Bearing with one another and forgiving each other, Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. And, and this is talking in generality about, about people. But I want us to apply this specifically father to son, son to, fa- to, to, uh, to dad. Bearing with, other, with one another means to, to endure, to hold out, to... To, in spite of injury, in spite of indifference, in spite of complaints, and not retaliate. Look at what you did to me, you evil man. Look at how you've hurt mom and hurt my sister and, and hurt the family. God, you hurt me. I'm going to get you. 
See, true love doesn't do that. A forgiving heart doesn't do that. Bearing with one another says we're never retaliate. It characterized Paul who told the Corinthians uh, in, in 4.12, you know, when we, when we are reviled, we bless. When we're persecuted, we endure. He goes on in 1 Corinthians 6.7, even to have such lawsuits with one another is a defeat to you. Why not just accept the injustice and leave it at that? Why not let yourselves be cheated? How your dad going to cheat you? It could be, it could be in, a, in a number of ways. It, it certainly could be monetarily. It certainly could be messing with a will or, or an insurance policy that was promised to you but was never delivered. Stuff. But how about those, those subtle abstract things? The conditions of heart. That's the, that's the area that, that I think that Paul could be talking a little bit about here. Let yourself be cheated. Let yourself be wronged. Why not be defrauded? Believers are to be marked not only by endurance, but also by forgiving each other, by including the phrase, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Paul makes Christ the model of forgiveness. Listen, he went to the cross for our sins. He forgave us of our sins. He died a martyr's death. He died a criminal's death. Torturous death. Was buried. And the third day he arose and he did it for you and for me. A father's love for his child. So shouldn't we display that same kind of love to dad growing up I received little acceptance and approval little love I was, I was compared to others who were smarter who were more athletic to my sister I got to get her in here so you can, she can have equal time but she I, you know, before she got saved she was evil Man, she was evil. And, and uh, I, I was told quite a bit that I wasn't going to amount to much. And so I figured if that was the expectations of my father, then why not live up to him? <laughs> so I rebelled. And I did a good job rebelling. I was a professional rebel. But I chose it. No one forced me. No one got to me, and, and no, my, my father didn't do things that were so bad to me that I said, all right, enough's enough, you dirty rat. I'm just going to live it the way I want to live it. And I did. But see, I chose that. I'm not a victim. I wasn't a victim because of the choices that I made and the bad choices I made. Bad choices that can land you in jail. Right, Bart? Stupid choices. Right, Bart? Any choices. Yeah. Exactly what happens. We're not victims, are we? Because we choose. 
I have only myself to blame for any problems I had, but I did blame my dad. And it wasn't until after he died that I forgave him and I got that junk off my back. And sometimes the devil will come back and whisper in my ear, yeah, but do you remember when? And that's when I come to the second point. Real men must accept their father through Christ. Real men must accept their father through Christ. Romans 15, 7 says, Therefore, accept each other. Therefore, accept your father. Just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given glory. So not only do we, wor- we forgive, we go a step beyond that. We need to accept the person. And it doesn't mean that you have to accept the painful actions. You learn to accept the person for who he was, not for what you wanted him to be. Who he was, not what you wanted him to be. Does that make sense? Doesn't make sense? It will. Listen. Here's a challenge. If you carry the wounds of your father, look past the pain. Look past the pain. Because your heavenly father isn't going to do that to you. Your heavenly father isn't going to be a disappointment. Your heavenly father has only your best interests at heart. Find the good and accept him for that. Regardless of how evil that man could be, how how wicked he could be, how mean and, and, and despicable of a character that man was, what he did to you, there is some goodness. John, there's absolutely no goodness in that man. Well, he was consistent. That's something. That's a start. You need to step into forgiveness and acceptance through Jesus Christ. Then God is going to be glorified. And the outcome of all that is the third point. A real man empowers his son. Dads, you, as a real man, will empower your son. Granddads. We as real men are going to empower our grandsons. Sometimes that's hard because we're surrounded by all these granddaughters. (laughs) But we can empower them too. We certainly can. But we have to come to that place where, where we understand that a real man will empower his son. And I'd like to talk to you about our relationship with our sons and our daughters as well. But I want to especially talk about the father and the son relationship. Men, you're going to empower your son with three statements. Three statements. I believe in you. I'm proud of you. No matter what, I will always love you. What was really cool is God put men, strong men, men of God into my life. My spiritual father, Bobby Barnes. Johnny, I believe in you. He says, Johnny, I'm proud of you. And no matter what you do, because you do some really stupid stuff sometimes, I'll always love you. And then he died. (laughs) So now I, I see what he gave me. And I want to do that. And we do that. We can also do that within the church. 
the young men in our church, the young adult men in our church. You guys who, who you come to church, and this is the most, I mean, you'd rather watch paint dry. You'd rather go to a barbershop and watch haircuts than come in here. But listen to me. Here? All right. But listen to me. It's important that you understand the Word of God so you don't become critical of how you were treated by your father. Girls, pay attention here now. Sometimes dad is so worried about you because of boys out there and because you're cute, you got cuteness just dripping off you up here. Yeah, she does too. Don't say no. (laughs) And so dad is worried and sometimes grandpa is worried. And sometimes it gets to a place where we become a little overbearing. Dad, that means dad won't let me do anything. I got to ask permission to take a breath. He's not quite that bad. But you know what we have to do is we understand that dad's that way. Grandpa's that way. Great grandpa Uh, Don't worry about him. He's perfect. But we care and we're worried. And we desire the best for you. And we don't want you to have your hearts wounded by somebody else. Why? We love you. We We really do. And so that spills over as an old guy to the young people of the church. You younger guys. I want to speak the truth into your life. Why? Because I love you. I believe in you. I'm proud of you. No matter what, I love you. You know, the, the greatest compliment or the most painful insult is when somebody says, You're just like your daddy. On a right track now, that's, that's on, on, a, on, on the wrong way of looking at it. It's not honoring to God, making decisions contrary to the Word of God. Men who lack integrity, that's not a compliment. It's painful. Because they're wounded, they're going to leave a legacy of pain, and that's exactly what sin does. It leaves a legacy of pain, and these fathers, rather than being real men, become destructive and invite dysfunction into the home and push Jesus to the outside of the home. And without Christ, their son is going to follow in those same paths. And someone will say, you're just like your dad. I see you men in the church and you're hard at work pursuing a life of godly integrity seeking Christ full of the Spirit of God doing your level best to do the right thing in the lives of your sons you're going to fight the godly battles he puts before you and you'll stand up for the righteous cause and one day someone will look at your sons and say to them boy 
<laughs> you're just like your daddy. And you can say, that's right. I am because my dad was a real man. And you can say, young ladies, my dad is my hero. My hero. This is a very personal question that's just between you and God. Man, are you wounded? What is your wound and how does it affect you? Have you forgiven and accepted your father? Maybe you're raised by your mother. Maybe they're dead. And so you can't have that conversation. But you can have that conversation with God. And you can forgive your father for those wounds. Have you asked forgiveness for your offenses? Some would say, I've got a very dysfunctional relationship with my father and I don't even know my real father. I don't even know who the man is. And the problem I have is I can't trust my, if I can't trust my earthly father... How in the world can I trust my Heavenly Father? Can you relate to that? You don't feel good enough. You feel unworthy. You wonder if you could ever be right with Him. Let me tell you right now, you're on His mind. Right now, He's thinking about you. His greatest desire is to reveal Himself to you. And when you see God the Father for who He really is, everything is going to change in your life. Everything. Here's some takeaways, friends. I want you to take this with you. Man or woman. Girl, child, boy, child. Young adult men. Young adult women. God loves you not because what you do or don't do. He loves you because he's God. He created you to love you, to to be known by you, to be worshipped by you. That's your Heavenly Father. And allow your Heavenly Father to heal the wound and to help you forgive and accept those who have wounded you. Let's pray. Father God, uh, I've struggled a long time with this so I know that that it's difficult to forgive someone who has who has passed on sometimes we we just push those wounds so deeply underneath the surface that we never ever give thought to them so maybe you say thanks a lot PJ (laughs) for bringing this up. I thought I had forgotten about this. Well, maybe you haven't. And maybe today's the day you need to ask forgiveness. Maybe today is the day that you need to, that you need to come to that place of saying, Dad, dead or alive, I forgive you. If he's still alive, get on the phone. Call him up. Don't worry about his response. What he does with that is between he and God. But you will heal, start the healing of that wound in your heart by forgiving him today. 
My friend, if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, the wound can never heal because it's, it's a, there's, there's no possible way that you can be related to God. So you need to come to that place where you, where you acknowledge the fact that you're a sinner. You know that you're a sinner. And that you ask God to forgive you of your sin. You invite Jesus into your heart, into your life, to save you from that sin. And that you believe when he died on the cross, he died in your place because he loves you. Thank you, Lord, for the men and the women and the kids here today. And if there's a wound, help them to overcome it. Help them to forgive and grant forgiveness. I pray this in your son's precious name and for his sake. Amen.